music. It can nourish both the mind and the soul. It brings light to darkness and healing to pain. Music challenges, it excites and it inspires. It fuels the energy for revolution and becomes the anthem of change. Music is the tone to justice. Yo, 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 it's your girl Strong Jewel, AKA to blend, AKA Persian Paper from I Am From Radio. And I am here today with my sister. Greta, how y'all doing? And we are here with our new podcast, which is, as you can see, called Tones of Justice. So what we are discussing is not only are we discussing current events, but we're also discussing the correlation between music and justice. So I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you for tuning in. And um, yeah, I'm excited. Let's get it. I think it's going to be good. And I think there's a lot of stuff going on right now that needs to be discussed. Music has been such a part of social justice issues uh, for really centuries. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, it starts back when the slaves were first brought over and, and in the field singing, singing the songs, just, just trying to get by and keep people upbeat. So, I mean, it has a long tradition and, and I'm sure there are other podcasts maybe that address this subject, but ours is definitely going to be the best. So definitely. <laughs> and you know what? And you're so right. It's like music just, and music is such a powerful thing. And just like you said, at those times, you know, that was what kept them strong. That's what, you know, kept them lifted. And, you know, it just, it just touches everybody. Like I, there's no one that I don't know that does not like music. Like, it, I, you know, because yeah. even if, even if you have this certain religions that, you know, don't really listen to music, well, I mean, they will listen to music, but it will be in their religion or their language. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. not that they don't like music. They just, you know, are particular on what they listen to. Exactly. Music, exactly. Music is everybody for real. It's very powerful. Especially like you say, especially, you know, when it comes to um, not just people and people's lives on a whole, um, you know, when they're going through pain, whether they're happy, whether they're, you know, um, experiencing all different emotions and feelings, but also in the tones of justice. Yeah. It's, it's just become such a, a big part of, it. I mean, every rally that I've ever gone to, you got to have music. You know, if it's not live music, then then you're playing, you know, recorded music. So, I mean, it's just it's just a staple of it. How did you first become interested in music and social justice issues? Um, I was already making music. I was already making conscious music. So I got into music in 2000. And let's start there. Let's start there. 2006, I realized I could sing and I got into music and um, I was part of a group called Junction 10 and they made very conscious music relating to uh social issues um and we used to perform at schools um so yeah so that was when i first you know was putting the two together putting music together with um you know justice like tones of justice and social issues and stuff uh, that needed to be discussed and and i just thought as well as the group did there's so much music out there that doesn't i mean if you go all the way back to like um the old school hip-hop everything was addressed then everything mm -hmm. was you know what I'm saying but as music has um you know as the years have gone on you know that you don't really find that in music as much you have certain artists that do um you know mainstream artists but you know it was just good at that point we were like well let's just be different so we did that and then basically I think it was about 2013 I became more into like kind of freedom fighting per se um because I was acquainted with someone that was a freedom fighter um, so we were always talking about social 
justice issues and, and things like that. And it just, just from there. And I'm just, I'm definitely, definitely against, I'm against racism. I'm against police brutality. I'm against anything that is not um, humane, you know, that is not humanely right. Because I just feel like we are all people. And if you go all the way back, if you do your history, every we all came from we all came from black and brown people that's where we originated from whether people want to address the situation or whether they don't like don't be in denial it's true um so yeah and there is actually 16 shades of black as well i don't know if you know that but there's 16 shades of black so i yeah. did not know that that's there you go mm -hmm. i love learning new things new little tidbits <laughs> and facts yeah so and as somebody who grew up in the christian faith um I was raised Catholic right. and of course it was always white Jesus that, you know, was hanging, you know, behind the, the altar. And at the time when I was little, cause I started going to Catholic schools in first grade, it, it didn't occur to me, you know, and Mary was very white mm -hmm. and it wasn't until honestly, I got into college and I'm kind of like, this is messed up. <laughs> This is mess, you know, I mean, they came from what's now Syria. And it's like, no, they weren't blue-eyed white people by any stretch of the imagination. And people get offended by that. And it's like, it, why does it matter? It's, right. it's still Jesus. It's still Mary. It's still, you know, Abraham, if you're Jewish. It's still... You know muhammad if if you're muslim it, it 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 doesn't matter you know but to some people sadly it does and it is really sad it's actually really sad because it's like I, there even when i was at school there was something that just didn't sit right with me when, when we were having history lessons and stuff there, and i was all and i could never really put my finger on it when i was younger but i was just like you know it's like when we learned about egypt it was literally for an hour and we learned about tutankhamun and that was it we didn't learn anything about slaves we didn't learn anything right. all we learned about was everything white everything you know and it's it's just sad how whitewashed everything has been like they just want to erase you know the depths of i call it the depths of history like they really tried to erase all that mm -hmm. um and you know i just you know I mean, I was brought up Muslim. Uh, my dad was very strict, but I still went to a mixed school because, you know, being brought up Muslim, but in a Westernized society, like living in England, my mom always said, you know, to my father, okay, you bring out, you know, strict Muslim, but at the same time, you know, you have to appreciate she's going to school with children that are not Muslim. So, you know, she, you know, not forced him, but was like, you know, I wanted to still experience Christmas and Easter and things like that. So right. but even that, like, I, I'm sorry to burst people's bubble. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I, I, holidays for me is more about family. That That's just the way I see it. And I know, you know, some people are not going to like what I say, but like, even when it comes to like Christmas and things like that, you know, I just, you know, as I got older, I was just like, well, you know, I, I just started to see things for really what they are, you know, with the whole um, the way the world is and the way like I said the way history has been just whitewashed and a lot of it was just they try to keep away from us but I like the transition now that we're going into I mean don't get me wrong this has been a, a oh my god how can I say it? a crazy year and that's the, in the in the simplest term um without me cursing or saying anything um and you know my heart goes out to people that have lost people as well it's just it's been crazy but the good thing that's coming out of it is so many more people are waking up so many more people are waking up 
Yes, um, thankfully. Yeah. Thankfully. Um, we're still not seeing a change, though. We're still no. seeing people being shot by police, uh, black people, brown people being shot. So, yeah, it's like. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's insane, in my opinion. I mean, it's totally insane. And, and going back to what you were saying about, you know, Christmas, it's so commercialized now. Right. It's about, oh, I've got to go get, I've got to go shopping. I've got to go buy Christmas gifts. Right. Why don't you just spend time with somebody who's maybe lonely or, you know, just tell them, give them a hug and tell them, obviously not COVID right now, but, you know, I love you, you know, right. it, it doesn't, ha it's not, a, it, it, it has become about the gifts, but that's, that's not what it's about. And, and I'm with oh. you. I'm kind of, I mean. I, I love Christmas because for me as a Christian, what it represents, you know, right. what it means. Yeah. But as far as all the pomp and circumstance, mm -hmm. not so much right. because it, it's so commercialized. It is so commercialized. And I, and I also feel as well, you know, um, with this, this uh, aside to Christmas, let's talk about like other holidays and stuff. Why should like, why should it just be that day? Like why, you know, I understand traditions, don't get me wrong. But it shouldn't be just on that particular day because of this tradition that you celebrate your blood. Like, we should be doing that every day, especially when you see what's happened this year. You can literally speak to your cousin, your aunt, or a person that you love today, and then tomorrow they're gone. Exactly. Like, surely, you know, as I always say, like, you know, I make my mum laugh on her birthday because it's like, you know, sometimes it'll be like, happy birthday, but I say it the day before and the day after. And it's like, well, you know, to me, it's like, you know, it shouldn't just be your birthday when saying, you know, happy birthday and things like that. You know what I'm yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love you. And yeah. Right. We should be more conscious about that. And we just Definitely. get so busy. Yeah. Um, you were talking about how you got involved with social justice and, and I'm going to really date myself a lot, but um, I first got involved or interested in it back in the late 70s, early 80s. And I'm sure you weren't even alive yet, probably, <laughs> but um, it was back during the, the Salvadoran, uh, El Salvador Civil War um, and started, you know, paying attention and, and reading about it and watching it on television. And then it, it went on into, into college. Um, and now I'm just a full-blown activist on primarily sexual assault issues, but definitely BLM, Black Lives Matter, uh, immigra immigration, climate justice, any gender by, you know, women's rights issues, women's equality. So I'm kind of all over the map. I have things that I'm more passionate about, but, you know, I just, I, I can't. I can't stand injustice. It's just, it's become, you know, such a big part of me. And one of the things that has amazed me recently is what happened on Tuesday at the nation's capital. And the thing that struck me besides just kind of being shocked and mesmerized by all the craziness that was going on was the fact that where was law enforcement? Where was the Capitol police? You know, I was up there at the Capitol about this time, time of year, last year, you know, it was the poor people's campaign. You know, we, we went up and, and we marched when the impeachment hearings were, were going on and there was hundreds right. of police officers there. 
when we were in the like visitor center there at the Capitol, there was probably maybe 300 of us, if that, maybe probably closer to 200. And I sat there as we were there and counted all the officers that I could see that were in uniform. And there were 67 for 300 people. Where, where were they on Tuesday? You know, it's, I've, I've been listening to, and, and reading a lot, you know, some of the comments by, you know, some of the legislators, senators and, and congresspeople that have said it seemed like a Saturday because the police weren't there. You know, it just seemed odd. You know, one of them, and I, I wish I could remember his name, but he was like, you know, well, I just kind of thought that maybe they're in a roll call, you know, maybe they're in a briefing or they're on the other side because they're expecting it from something else. They just, they didn't have anybody there. You know what my opinion is? I mean, this is the way I see it. I feel like they weren't there because they were told not to be there. Because we all know that, that I don't even like to say his name, but we all know he has that, that, that this, this power of being able to do just literally what he wants with no consequences. Right. For anything he does yeah and it was the same with me i was just fuming from the moment i from the moment my partner called me and he was like oh my god like you know this this is happening and i turned on the tv i was like the my, the first thing in my head was if that was black <clears throat> and brown people right now there would be police presence everywhere there would be tear gas in they'd probably be shooting mm -hmm. it would just it would just have been a whole nother level so it was really evident and really clear that he planned it uh, he had already obviously told um, law enforcement not to be there, you know, and, you know, people were saying that evidently when they when they started to go towards the White House, everybody in there was told to go down into the bunkers or whatever, you know, and that's why the rooms were empty. And then I saw the video, which I shared on my page that was on social media of when they were going through the doors, there was one officer there, Afro-American officer there on his own, and he was literally telling them, like, to, to move back, but... He didn't have anything on him. I think he, he may have had a, a bat, I think. Uh, like he had a, a nightstick or something. Or a yeah. nightstick or something. But that was it. And then in the end, he's running for his life because they're bombarding coming in. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, come on. It's, like, And he must have been the only one that was like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay right here by the door. But it, I don't mean to be rude, but one of you with, like, you know, thousands yeah. of people. Yeah. He didn't stand a chance. He didn't stand, he didn't a, stand chance. a chance. He and did. and for, them, for the other officers to leave him. You know, exactly. And I said, that's why I said he was the only one that was strong enough to say, no, I'm going to stand here. And there was a, a letter issued by, and I believe it was in the New York Times, um, an officer who was in the Capitol when all this was breaking loose. And he was talking about how many current and former military and police officers, as they were coming through, were flashing their badges or their IDs, oh, and it just makes mean, you, yeah, yeah th you that mean, were part the of the people that were doing it. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. I believe yeah. it. Sadly, I just believe it. I mean, because it's it's facts, like, and it makes it makes me. I'm sorry. I know. I it makes me so disgusted because my father was was a police officer for over thirty years here in Nashville. I was a police officer in Nashville. And I hate the fact that I don't trust the police. Right. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I wore the badge and I grew up with it and wanted to be just like my dad. And I don't, and not all of them. I mean, the, I won't, I'm hesitant to say the vast majority, but a lot of them are good. And it take, it only takes a few bad ones to ruin the reputation of the entire profession. But those few bad ones can really screw things up and get people hurt. I mean, a Capitol Police officer who was trying to do what was right, trying to do his job, trying to control the crowd, he died because of it. You know, and I don't know how they go to they go home and go to and look themselves in the mirror or sleep at night, knowing that they're responsible for it. And the same thing with 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 Trump. I'm going to, if it's okay with you, I'm going to play a, a clip of some audio, or if you have it, either one of us can play it. It's, it's audio of what was going, some of the stuff that was going on there. And I want people to listen to it real careful and compare what's being said by both Trump and Giuliani. And then, you know, the people at the Capitol, the people that stormed the Capitol, because it kind of shows in a way why, well, not in a way. I mean, it shows why this has happened. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing. Stop the steal! Stop the steal! They don't get to steal it from us. The government did this to us. We were normal, good, law-abiding citizens, and you guys did this to us. Let's have trial by combat. They don't represent us. They need to pay the ultimate price for their crimes. Yes. An example needs to be made. Bring them up. We can take that place. And then do what? Heads on point. That last part. Hmm. Heads on pikes. I mean, and, the, and there was a noose hung up. And, and I did the audio as opposed to the, to the video because I refuse to give these people yeah. publicity that they right. want. I'm not going to show their faces. Yeah. Um, and I'm a political junkie and I'm just a nerd in general. <laughs> I mean, pure and simple, I'm a nerd. And I've tried and failed, but I've tried to understand their rationale. Um, and insanity is never rational or, or logical by any stretch of the imagination. But when you listen to Trump, and then you listen, you know, to the people saying, chanting, you know, stop the steal and the government's done this because he really won. And then Giuliani, trial by combat, it's kind of like, you know, I guess if you get bombarded by this enough, it starts sinking in. And the only thing that I can compare it to is a cult. You know, people that are so, I don't know what they're lacking, honestly. I mean, I don't know whether it would be. Well, that, yeah, Brains. that too, that too. Yeah. Um, it's like, okay, is, is it, did you not have a good childhood? You right. know, not feel loved. Do you not feel important? What, what is it? Why are you so insecure that you are so gullible? to buy into lies that have been proven over and over and over again to be untrue and right. lead you to violence 
against your fellow Americans. I can understand a child that gets in a gang, a street gang, knowing that it's probably their life isn't going to last very long, but at least they feel accepted. Yeah, they're looking for acceptance. They're looking for love. They're looking to be a part of something and wanted. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But you would think these are adults. You know, the, one of the well, it, I know for sure one, and I'm sure that there are more. One of our state house representatives was there and marching and you know putting out all this crap about we're patriots and they're you know they're not going to steal this election and it's like my god you are smart enough to be in the state legislature yet you are buying into you're drinking the kool-aid You know, you're drinking the Kool-Aid and allowing yourself to be brainwashed and radicalized. Yeah. No. You know, you were right. It, it is definitely a cult. Uh, it's, uh, I, I call them like uh, domestic terrorists, like um, yep. KKK almost as well. You know, you said about the noose, like, and, yep. you know, to me, that's that's what they are. Like, that's what they are. Point blank period. Like, it's, you know. Yeah. No other way to explain it. There's no other way to explain it. And as for him, as for I don't want to say his name because I don't even like to say it to give him that airtime. But he got blood on his hands. But he's been had blood on his hands okay. even before, way before this. All the and I actually feel like as well being in his position, especially with police brutality, and that he had the power to do something like. You know, I mean, do something to make sure that that did not happen again to anybody. But he didn't. He didn't. It wasn't even addressed. It wasn't even, you know, it wasn't even addressed by him. No. And even if it was, it, it was very short and it was fake. Oh, yeah, we, we, uh, it's sad to hear. Yeah, right. Okay. Really? Yeah. You're just and doing that for the camera, but we can see straight through that. So. You know. And you've got the enablers who yeah. are helping. Yeah. You know, McConnell. Oh, you know, he's stands in the well, you know, afterwards and, you know, we got to protect democracy and yada, 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 yada. And this wasn't right yet. He's not calling to invoke the 25th. He's not calling, you know, he said, yeah, go ahead. If y'all want to go ahead and, and, and impeach him, that's fine. We'll take it up, you know, after, you know, an hour after Biden takes office. Well, that doesn't protect us in the meantime. You know, how much can he... St- Look at the damage he's done. Five people are dead. Five lives lost. As if we haven't lost enough to COVID. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. how many more have to die? And then his wife, Secretary Chow, instead of staying around and saying, yeah, we do need to invoke the 25th, she resigns. Yeah. Let's take the easy, cowardly way out. And so does DeVos. And, and you talking about, sorry to kind of, we're still talking about that, but in correlation to that a little bit, but evidently on tones of justice, like when you were saying about the police and not trusting the police, like, and I know, and I understand what you're saying, like, it's not all police, yeah, and that, that's true, it's like, it's not everybody, it's like, it's, you know what I mean? Um, I feel like with me, I've never really trusted them anyway, because being from the UK and seeing, like, we don't have... We, how can I say it? We have police brutality over there, but we don't have it to the extent where the police can just shoot. Right. The, the one time that police did shoot, uh, they they shot um, 
they shot a boy, I think it was in 2017. Um, he was in the subway, he had a bag and they, I don't know why, but they were suspicious of the bag. I think they thought it was a bomb or whatever they thought. And instead of just, uh, you know, arresting him, they just shot him dead. And what happened after that, the whole, every city in England just rioted. Like we saw the riots here, you know, mm -hmm. the whole of England just went in uproar. And that was the first time. And that was the last time that that's ever happened there. Um, and I just, not just from that, but personal experiences with <laughs> them as well, with people that I know, people of color, um, and just basically because they are brown or they're black, you know, I know someone right now serving a 28-year life sentence for for a, for a murder that they didn't even commit, and you know I I tried I tried to battle I tried to um I tried to battle it um, numerous times I, I went through five appeals uh, five times with with different lawyers and stuff and it kept getting rejected it kept getting rejected so yeah I me and the police like my feelings with the police like I've always like. I'm really not trusted them because I just, you know, I see the damage that they can do. And I, like you say, it's not all of them, but it even got to a point where I, I was studying to be a lawyer doing criminal justice, um, criminal law, criminal justice. And I wanted to be a lawyer and I wanted to represent people that are wrongly accused or, you know, people that are wrongly accused, innocent people. But in the end, I was like, when I was learning about the justice, before I came here, I was learning about the justice system, not just in England, but when I was learning about it out here, I was like, wow, like, I was like, you know, what? I don't even know if I can do it, because what chance do you have, especially when you see how the government is out here, which we, you know, what I mean, we're looking at right now, and we have been, I don't know, I just was like, you know what, maybe not right now, I might go back to it later on, you know, in a couple of years, or whatever, but I just have to be like, you know what, okay, let me just pull myself back, and just get more into the, the activism side, and mm -hmm. yeah. And, and the system is definitely there's no question it's broken and it's it's not only color which race has a ton to do with it we all know that mm -hmm. but money one of my big things was i believe i believe he went to stanford it, it was in california he was he was an athlete he was found guilty of raping a female fellow student mm -hmm. and he got probation because well, he made a mistake. We don't want to ruin his life. Well, you know what? If that had been a black or Hispanic man who was going to auto diesel college or something and working at a garage, he'd have been in prison. Exactly. Pure and, and simple. And, and let me give you an example of the case that I just told you about um, with a friend of mine that is sitting there now doing a 28, and he's got like 14 years left now. Um, there was five people that were arrested for the one for this one murder, but a guy had already confessed to it. All right. But what happened was uh, in England, you're guilty by association. And what they do is meaning even though he admitted it, he also, for some reason, because I guess he didn't want to be arrested on his own. He named these other people that didn't actually do it. Weren't even, you know, weren't even there. Obviously, uh, two of them were there, but the other two weren't there, which included my friends and this other this other gentleman. Um, but when it went to court, it was because uh, my friend was black, uh, the, the guy that admitted he was, um, then the other guy was, but then there was a light, there was a lighter skin, um, there was five of them, there was another lighter skin uh, brother that was involved in it. 
he, um, him and my friend, they basically had the same witnesses. Uh, they had the same cell site evidence to make sure to put, the, which obviously told them that they weren't at that crime scene at the point in time. But what they did was they still sent my friend down um, and I believe it was because he was a of a darker complexion. They sent him down and they, um, they, they let the other one, they released the other one. Yeah. So all the ones of, with darker skin complexion went down. Uh, some serving 32 years, my friend 28. And then the one which was of the, the lighter complexion, he was, he was free to go. He was acquitted. That's the word I was like. Yeah. It's scary. You would have thought that it would have, some things would have changed, but instead of getting better, it seems to be changing and reverting back to right. the 60s and 50s. Right. I live in Tennessee. And yesterday, for example, in the grocery store, minding my business, you know, getting groceries. And I was coming out of one aisle and these two guys were coming around and we almost hit with our buggies. And it's like, you know, I just said, you know, sorry, didn't I stop, but I still didn't see you I apologize. And then kept going on and they were just staring right through me. And he wasn't looking at me like in my eyes, he was looking at my face. And I've got a mask that has the flag on it, American flag on it, and it says good justice in honor of, of Congressman John Lewis. And he apparently didn't like that. Hmm. And, you know, he seemed like everywhere I went after that, the two of them were there. And I'm kind of like, this doesn't seem right. And then I finally, as I was going, kind of circling around and got a look at his jacket, I couldn't see it good, but I saw a six and then I saw a letter. I couldn't figure out exactly what it was and I wasn't going to sit there and stare. Right. But kept kept following me and got my phone out and just, just in case, and I'm still, you know, getting my groceries and everything. And I get into this one aisle that's, that's real wide. And there were several people in it. So I'm like, okay, I feel a little more confident now. And I finally, and I, right. um, and I just looked at him. I said, boys, as old and fat as I am, I don't know why y'all are so, you know, into me and following me, but is there something I can help you with? Hmm. And well, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't want nothing with you. I'm like, well, you just keep following me around the store. And, you know, they're kind of puffing up a little bit. And I'm like, okay, I need to just drop it. And then I saw a gentleman coming out the back. He was going to be some doing, had some stuff like he was going to stock shelves. And he tall and wide, not overweight, just stocky, like he played football or something. Big guy. And I'm kind of like, Okay, I f I'm hoping maybe I have backup if all heck breaks loose. And I just said, well, I said, you know, if there's something I can do for you, because again, you just keep following me. I feel like there's something you may, may need or want, you know, let me know and I'll try to help you. Right. And finally, they're kind of like, and probably because they saw the guy, um, we don't want nothing with you. And they turned around and left and I didn't see him after that. But as they... The guy turned around and I was able to get a better look. It had the the letters six M W and then I couldn't see the 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 E because of the way the way it was shaped. 
but it, it, it was a proud boys patch on his on his jacket and i'm kind of like you can't even go to the damn grocery store in you know a metropolitan area like nashville without the proud boys trying to hound you just because you have you know a face mask with with john lewis's good trouble on it and it just makes me angry i'm trying not to cuss (laughs) yeah it's crazy but like and like like who's saying about that but again it's like you know being a person of color as well it's like when you go into a store like you know you're more likely to be followed by security sometimes depending on you know who the security is Mm -hmm. or you know i'm saying like or if you're um if like being a person of color again like i see it like i see it on public transport sometimes like uh you see like a brother might come on the on the on the l or on the tube on the tube we call it tube in the uk but uh yeah, yeah on the subway or you know we have whatever you call it and you'll see a, like a lady sitting there like a, a white lady sitting there and, and immediately you know move the bag and 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 things like that and it's like yo it's just i see so much and it really it gives me mad because i'm an empath you know and i just i'm a humanitarian i really feel things deeply it doesn't even have to be someone related to me you know to really yeah. cut me and upset me and yeah and I just yeah I see so many things sometimes I just be I really be shaking my head like wow this is this now you're you're, you're from the UK what have you talked to your mom and other family members what they and- think is they right now people's looking at the, the American government and they're like it's a joke like it really is a joke they're just they're laughing at it. It's like a laughing stock, but it's not a laughing matter at the same time. But it's just it's a joke. Like, you know, even yeah. from him being president, it's a joke. joke. I've got a couple friends in that live in Egypt, and one of them got with me or messaged me on Facebook, and he's like, "This is crazy. What's going on?" So he he said it reminds me of being in the streets. And eat, you know, in in Cairo during Arab Spring, he's like, it's. I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would ever see or watch something like this going on in the United States. And it's all because he's so insecure and needs adoration so badly that he doesn't care who he hurts. He really does have mental issues. Oh, absolutely. He really does have mental issues. Absolutely, absolutely, and and. These, you know, seditionists or, or, or radicalized domestic terrorists, whatever you want to call them, you know, gullible brainwashed cult members, you know, they, they're falling for it. Because I hear people, like some people say, <clears throat> not <clears throat> dropping any names, but like <laughs> some people close to me, like, yeah, but you know, uh, yeah, that was all wrong in there. But, you know, you don't know what he's done for your, like he's done a lot for the country and... Da, 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 da. what what has he done what has he done really what has he done apart from cause havoc chaos even with the covid he should have shut down the country from the moment it was heard because i remember hearing about the covid spread in china back i think it was december was it november or december i think mm-hmm. it, it was yeah i heard we, we it was first heard um by us like by america so they should have shut the borders off there and then not you know what i mean and then for him to come on and say oh it's nothing to worry about and then and then and and that's what i'm saying that's why he's mentally mentally sick because one minute he says nothing to worry about then oh this is very serious yeah we've got to take it bro you don't even remember you don't even remember what you say and that's that's a liar for you because a liar will always trip a liar Mm -hmm. will never remember what they said like so they'll just continue everything is just a lie everything everything 
And then there's the, the, the audio of him telling the guy, you know, this, this, this is bad. While the whole time he's telling, you know, the American people, oh, it's yes. nothing to worry yes. about. Yes, I remember the audio, yeah. You know, it's like if, if you would have done something in January, then maybe we wouldn't have all these mom and pop businesses closing. Nope, nope. Anyway. And I also, I also feel like as well, especially when it comes to police brutality, I feel like, I feel like um, it's sad that it got to George Floyd before it became, you know, recognized by the world more. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, RIP to everybody before that who has lost their lives and my love out to the families and that, it shouldn't have even gone on to the extent it has. But when that happened to George Floyd, that officer should have been convicted. He should have got life without parole because <laughs> then that would have, in essence, we don't know because it may still have happened, but it definitely wouldn't have, would have made those other officers who continued to assassinate, basically, in cold blood, because that's what it was, um, other, you know, black and brown people. Right. Yeah. I know when I went through the academy, and this was in 91, so again, showing my age, but we were taught back then i mean it it came up i don't know how many times a class in our law class um and then in our firearms class too you do not under any circumstances unless they got their finger on the trigger and they've got the gun pointed at somebody you do not ever shoot someone in the back period exactly period Unless you know or are a reasonable person would think that they're about to take another life, you do not shoot them in the back. Right. And how many people, you know, a guy running away that's yards and yards away from a guy, you know, in a park, gets shot in the back. You don't do that. We were taught that you you do that, you're out, and you're in jail. It's, it's really frustrating because one thing as much, because um, obviously like anything, everything has its pluses and its downfalls. And I feel like with the internet, it has major pluses, but it also has major downfalls. But one of the major pluses is it does highlight, it highlights so much. You know, it shows us if we didn't have it, there's a lot that we, there's a lot of stuff that we wouldn't even know about. Um, but I just see uh, there's a lot of clips going up where police are reprimanding like a white person. So a white person has a knife or they have a gun and, they're never shooting them. They're, they're, they're able to, you know, they're able to, what's the word? Um, yeah, they're able to de-escalate. De-escalate. That's it. That's the word. Yeah, they're able to de-escalate them without, you know, without shooting them. So mm -hmm. if you can do that with a white person, why can't you do that with Hispanic? Why can't you do that with, you know, black? You know, why? why? Yeah. Yeah, you can. It's whether you want to or not. And exactly. And, and I feel like, it, unfortunately, out here with me, I just feel like um, there's a lot of KKK within the police force. Um, and definitely I feel Donald Trump is KKK, as are his followers, because, you know, it's to not, how can I say it, to just allow it to continue and not even do anything at all within your power uh, to prevent. To, to stop it or prevent, I should say, because you never know if you're going to stop it, stop it, but prevent it from happening. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just ludicrous. It's just ludicrous. Since he was elected, you've seen, you know, we did, yeah, you, you had Proud Boys, yeah, you had KKK, yeah, you had League of the South and all these others, but you didn't see it so openly until after he was elected. 
You right. know, exactly. you, you had Charlotte, you know, right. and exactly. good people on both sides. No, no. Any, anybody who's carrying tiki torches and, and going how Hitler and wearing swastikas, they aren't good people. I'm sorry. They're not. And if they are, and if you think so, then you've got some serious issues. Exactly. You know, and I don't care who I offend saying that. No, and, and you hit the nail right on the head. And that was my whole point about saying we have in America, there's so much KKK in the police force and Donald Trump is KKK. You hit the nail on the head because ever since he has been president, it has just been become like, and I'm sorry to say it, like normal. It's like a, a mm -hmm. normal thing. Yeah. <sighs> I was down in, in Shelbyville, Tennessee, a um, few months after the Charlotte incident back when League of the South came came and did their little thing. And the, the thing that the thing that was almost funny about it, um, I mean there's nothing funny about, you know, racism, but or xenophobia or any of that. But the thing that was funny about it is is I was able to get on some of the some of the forums um, and check out what they were saying. And you know, his big thing was, yeah, we specifically picked Shabbleville because, you know, of their, their support for, you know, the, the, the South, the Confederacy and yada, 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 and calling for, you know, for the South to secede again. And, and he is a history professor. He is a college professor that specializes in Southern history. And I'm sitting there reading that and going, granted, I didn't learn this in school because like you were talking about, you know, they, they sanitize it so much that you're not going to get, you know, most of the facts. But Tennessee, the reason why Tennessee had to vote twice to secede from the Union is because, in large part, because of Shelbyville. They wouldn't vote for it. And in fact, it's, they were known as a Unionist a union sympathizing, you know, city and county. Um, and it's kind of like, you are so ignorant as a history professor that you don't know the history of Shelbyville and you've shown your ignorance, you know, with this big tirade. And it's like, how are they getting such power and getting such traction when they're dumb as rocks? I like the way you put that too. But, well... We've been on for a while. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we before we call it? There's probably a low. There actually, I do have a whole low, but I think it would be best to do that on the next episode, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. You want to keep everyone engaged as well. So. Exactly. So tune in next time. There will be a lot more to come. I thank you that you have a really appropriate song, though, for us to, to close out the, the show, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I do indeed. Let me get that ready while you... Uh... So again, this is this is our first episode. We hope that you've enjoyed it. We may have been somewhat all over the map, but there's so much to talk about as far as what's going on in our country right now. Kind of hard to stay focused because there, there again, there's just so much. We will expand on some of what we've talked about in, in future episodes. There will be a Facebook group or a Facebook page up later today called uh, Tones of Justice. So look it up and we will post episodes on there 
And also just to add on to that as well, if you would like to be a part of our part of our panel and join me and Greta as well, just um, let us know either either hit us up on the actual page or send us a direct um, a direct message so we can um, yeah we can incorporate you in and bring you in so you can uh, get involved in these um, you know very important uh, discussions that we're having right now. All right, so this song that we're closing out with is, um, you know, luckily for me having I'm From Radio, I have some absolutely phenomenal um, independent artists that come through. And a large chunk of the music that I get is in relation to Tones of Justice. So this is a track that was first sent to me over over a year ago now, I think. And it's uh, it's actually by Wayne the Wizard and it's called, uh, it's called Breathe. So we're going to close out on this one, guys. So and Greta, anything else you would like to say before we go? That's all. Thank you all again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And thank but, you, Strong Jewel. It's been, mm -hmm. a, been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, Greta, for having me. I look forward to the next one. Everybody, please stay safe, stay blessed, stay positive, stay productive, keep pushing, and keep showing love. It, love is what gets us through. It's all about the love. All right? Absolutely. Okay, this is Wayne the Wizard and Bree. America looted the Native Americans when they first came here. I'm drowning in the deep You pull me under I'm gasping for air Don't care if I die Your body on me Don't save me Drowning in you, but my heartbeat is fading. So many emotions got me feeling incomplete. Drowning in your ocean, lost in for me. You say you love me, but what does that mean? Because I'm sinking under, how do I breathe? Breathe.